Brooklyn. All right, I am super excited to hopefully launch this new segment here as it's always a pleasure truly to sit down and break bread with Crystal Rich because I always know that I'm going to get a passionate, detailed, insightful conversation about anything. There is nothing that I've ever brought up in the presence of Crystal Rich that wasn't met with some sort of sharp, well-thought-out opinion, especially when it's about basketball. And I can't help but notice, since we're visual as well, this T-shirt. Here I am wearing my Sixers tee. I'm so jealous. Where did you cop that? This was a gift. Thank you for that introduction. This was a gift, and it's your boy Ben Simmons shooting that three-pointer over a nondescript Chinese player (laughs) in the preseason because our boy needs to shoot the ball more. So if you want to get me started on this topic, we can go all day. Yes. Okay, so here's what we'll do. (laughs) Ideally, and I have a couple of ideas for the name of this segment i was thinking let's get rich yo you just came out with the fire what do you think about that let's get rich because you know we're the whole thing is about betting and odds and we have odds for everything we have odds about how fast the prince harry Meghan merkel combo is going to get kicked out of the (laughs) royal family including odds we created about brett brown getting fired so i was thinking we could play off that crystal rich of course at crystal rich on twitter K Rich, Crystal Rich on Twitter. You guys get rich, hopefully listening to our betting advice. There you go. I'm all in on it. You like that? Let's get Let's rich. Let's get rich. Now I'm putting you on the spot. So if it was corny, I know you would call me out. I would tell out. you. I You'd would be like, tell you. Nah, I don't. I don't I, think we can I, roll with that. I think I'm biased though. Okay, <laughs> that's fine. All right. So with that said, let's start. Let's jump right into this whole thing. And we'll just talk about it from the whole backdrop of Brett Brown, because I know the frustration with Ben Simmons, you just laid it out, has to shoot. Joel Embiid, the health, the team, the con- Elton Brand, everybody is on the firing squad. I get that. But let's start with Brett Brown. If I were to place the odds here and say, you know, what are the odds Brett Brown gets fired at the end of the season? And we could talk about why he may versus circumstances around keeping him. But. Just the feel of it right now, and this changes, right? Everything changes week to week, Crystal. But it just feels like it would be pretty favorite. Like, if I were to say yes, I'm thinking it's minus 400. Plus is like, yet yeah, no, meaning he doesn't get fired, is like plus, you know, something like plus 200. So five to one odds right now that he's out based on a bunch of different circumstances. Yeah. Pretty much a heavy favorite that he's out at the end of the year. I think that's fair. And I think that last year he really got saved by forcing a Game 7. And I think that quadruple doink saved his job, to be honest with you. Because if that didn't happen, if we didn't lose in such a dramatic way, and victory was that close, I think he would have been out the door. But for him to do that last year, I think that's why he got his job back. If we're talking about this year, let me just say this as almost a caveat to what I'm about to say. Things can turn around at any point. Joel Embiid is out. Doctors say it usually takes a month for the finger dislocated to heal. There's always something, right? So right now it feels like we are just going downhill. We're the sixth seed right now. Hopefully the Sixers don't dig themselves into a deeper hole and expect Joel Embiid to be the savior to pull us back and get us at least at the three seed so we don't have the potential of a first-round exit. However, if you just look at everything right now, Brett Brown said the most detrimental thing to his career when he said, I failed. 
Now, he was talking about getting Ben Simmons to shoot the three-pointer. After pleading to the media. After pleading to the media. We know he talks to to Ben Simmons about it. But that right there, that's one one way that the Sixers organization and Elton Brand, when they want to get rid of him, can say, listen, you said you failed. So if this team does not make the finals, even if they make the Eastern Conference finals, that's not the goal this year. The goal is to get to the finals. So if that doesn't happen, Brett Brown is out. And by the way, things are looking right now. It doesn't look favorably for him right now. But that's not to say it can't change at the drop of a dime. Do you think, and and I'm curious here because I don't know the answer to this question. Do you think that he more senses his own mortality, like realizes, hey, my time is up, it happens, he's been on the bench before here, he knows that, or do you think, maybe even more to the point you just raised, he knows there's only one thing that can save his job, and because he's been in the NBA so long, he knows this team ain't that. This year knows that it ain't that. You know what, Brett Brown has a built-in excuse. It's that he has a point guard who won't shoot. And that that honestly, that's I can't believe we're still talking about this, though, right? Everyone's that's that's the biggest excuse. And I think that he has the hardest job in the NBA because he has to cater everyone's game. Everyone's game has to change and beat Al Horford have to be on the perimeter. It's an inverted offense because of this one thing. So I think that Brett Brown knows this year that he is inching towards NBA head coaching for the Philadelphia 76ers death. This year, but before that, he said going into this year, "Hey, the fans fired me for six straight years. Every single year, they said I would not be back." However, I'm not in his brain, but I do think that he is aware that if he does not make the finals this season and not get swept right in the finals, right, that his time is coming to an end. Now, the biggest question will always remain until we see another head coach come in and struggle with the same issues. Will be. As far as Brett Brown is, is concerned, you know, did he deserve it? Was it his fault? Was he a scapegoat? All these questions. And I think the biggest thing, we'll have to all see this. Elton Brand, the people above Brand, the ownership, they'll have to almost see another head coach come in. It doesn't matter if it's Tyron Lue, Stan Van Gundy, somebody they've pulled. Probably won't be John Beeline anymore. But you know, somebody like that that they can pull. And it, it won't matter, right? Because nobody's going to change the structure and the fact that Simmons won't shoot. Right. So that's where the difficult part comes in because you can tell Ben Simmons like, hey, we're going to bench you if you don't shoot or you can actually do it. But then you're spiting your face by, you know, you're you're spiting yourself because you're not going to end up winning games. So that's what everyone thinks like, hey, maybe if we get another head coach, that person can convince Ben Simmons to shoot. And I honestly don't think that's the case. One thing that I would like to see done differently, whether Brett Brown or a different coach, is that right now the offense is catered towards Ben Simmons. So Ben Simmons will literally, as your point guard, bring the ball up. He'll pass to Al Horford, who's semi-high, and then he runs straight to the post. (laughs) And it's like so annoying because you want Al Horford to post up. You want Joel Embiid to play bully ball in the paint. And when your point guard is passing the ball and running directly to the post so many possessions, it starts to become annoying. So one thing that I would like to see change is for them to not cater the offense to Ben Simmons and then see if he will change. But I don't, and that's not to say like you have to bench him, just don't cater the game to him. 
Well, don't, don't cater. And that's I'm interesting. Not, and I don't think that Brett Brown is going to do that. So, you know, if they don't make their goals this year, maybe another coach will. But, you know, it's a very thin line to walk because this franchise feels like they can win with Ben Simmons. They paid him right. before the jumper. To me, I honestly thought that was a mistake. I wouldn't pay him until, a lot, right? until he showed me this season that he's willing to take some. All right, so this is a, an interesting point you raised that I haven't really heard brought up because there's never any nuance anymore, especially on the radio. It's just, you know, fire or bench or no, 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 don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. But you bring up something that I think is worthy of looking at. We've got some other things we'll hit on as well. Crystal Rich hanging out with me in studio at Crystal Rich at Shander Show. For me, it's Fox Sports Radio, The Gambler, presented by Curado Insurance. And that's reducing the role or at least not filtering the offense through him. And I guess my biggest concern would be, does he lose? Like, how much value do you lose with him on the offensive end of the floor unless you're in transition? Yeah. Because aren't, and I guess. I, w- I think you're right. You can't bench him. First off, let's be honest. Th- it's the NBA. You're, you're not, not benching this. Right, exactly. You can't bench him. And he does too many things on the floor that are more important than just shooting. But I wonder if by doing that, which seems to be a logical explanation for fixing this thing, if you might be almost catering to what a defense wants you to do anyway, and that's remove Ben from the half court. It's almost like you're right. You're cutting off your nose to spite your face. You're caught. Right, so it's not as dramatic as benching him, but it is dramatic in a sense that it's a big change for Ben Simmons. Like, everything is not just going to be catered to his style of play. One thing that I thought was great in the last game against the Pacers is he did some things in the half court. And yeah. people do not recognize that. They only recognize the bad, which there was some bad in that game. But he had two great slams that he started up top and drove in and got it in the half court. A lot of times I say, like, yo, this dude has no finesse. He needs a move when he's getting to the glass. Even in transition, it looks like. Sometimes yep. he just needs an extra move in the paint, and he doesn't have it. So I did see a little bit of an improvement last game in the paint, in the half court. So I feel like... He will have, and it will show you how good of a player he is. And I'm not saying this has to be an all season thing, but let's go a stretch of three games and see what that looks like when we filter, we do not filter the offense strictly through Ben Simmons. We let him bring the ball up, he passes out, he's not running directly to the post, and see if he will then realize, because every time he has a bad game, he comes back and has a pretty good game. So if he's feeling like he's not contributing, the player that I think that he is, will tell me, like, hey, he's going to find a different way to do things. No one can say it's it's proven because it hasn't happened yet. We haven't sure. seen the offense not filter through him. But, hey, it's a, it's worth giving it a try at this point, especially with Joel and beat out. And I wonder, and, and just to close on this thing, as we go back, minus 500, you know, that's a pretty strong 5-1, to one, and this is just created here on the show for the purposes of Convo, but based off of just climate, right? And as you said, it feels like he's going to be out. It seems as if he might, we talk about how close he is with Ben. I wonder if he's too close to do something like that. He's sure as hell too close to bench him, and that just doesn't make sense. But I wonder if the proximity he has to the team as a player's coach and as somebody who just, you know, is like your boy might ultimately be his undoing. Yeah, I mean, Brett Brown has known Ben Simmons since he was a kid. So that's those kind of... It's tough to come down on somebody like that, Those relationships are, they're hard to deal with. However, if you have known someone from their youth, in my world, they would be the, the most likely to tell you how it is. 
And I'm sure Brett Brown pleads with Ben Simmons, like, shoot the ball. He says, <laughs> you he, cost says me my he job. said it to the media. Right. Like, when, when, when you look at this from Ben Simmons' point of view, right, you have to be cognizant of the fact that, like, hey, this guy that I've known since I was a little kid might lose his job. Why? Because of me. Because I won't shoot the ball. So if that's not enough motivation for him, I don't know what is. So I don't think it's just purely based on the relationship that Brett Brown has with him. I think it's almost like a so huge of a mental thing with Ben, it almost becomes selfish. So yeah, it's hard to separate yourself when you have a, a, a good, long relationship with someone. But also, those are the same people you can go hard on. Yeah, you're if, right. If my mom or dad or brother comes hard on me, I'm taking that in more so than if it's like someone I just have known for a year. That's a great point. And, and you're right. And that should definitely be brought up more when everybody's like, oh, well, they're buddies and they know each other. All right, let's look at this before we get into the Prince Harry, Meghan Merkel. Everybody (laughs) wants to know some sort of betting advice on the global market there. (laughs) Instead of looking at the three, and this is crazy, right? Because the Lakers, Clippers, and Bucks are all at the same as far as favorites right now to win the national championship. Does it shock you that the Rockets and Sixers of all teams are four and five in that order. And, and again, there's a pretty significant drop. Like it's three plus 320 for the Clippers, Lakers, and Bucks. And then it moves to plus 950 for the Rockets, plus 1200 for the Sixers. So these are pretty big long shots. But the reality is, is that the Sixers are still the fifth best shot right now to win a championship. And Houston is fourth. You know what? It doesn't surprise me. And I'll tell you why. Philadelphia as a market is so reactive. So we have one bad game and we're like, oh my God, we're going to stay the sixth seed into the finals. Like, right. it's just that's, fire everybody. Fire, that's how we think. We think one game uh, dictates the entire season. Yeah. So right now, the Clippers are the fourth seed, I believe, in the West, but no one's freaking out. Like, True. they're not the two seed. They're not the three seed. The The Rockets are the five seed. No one's free. And Harden just surpassed 20,000 points. Like, no one's freaking out and saying, oh, they're the five seed. The Sixers, we're the sixth seed. And I must admit, that's not ideal right now. But we, as a, as a fan base, we're more inclined to freak out when I think the overall consensus consensus as to what this is telling me says that this team still has a shot yeah and they are able even if you take it back to last season where we still had our two stars ben simmons joel Embiid, and tobias harris they were able to push it to a game seven came down to a quadruple doink with starters who played only two handfuls of games together that's true so i think that we as a market will freak out but the overall consensus they're not worried about the standings before the trade deadline because they know, especially with the Clippers and how Kawhi rests and how James Harden plays and just gelling with Westbrook and Capella, I think they they are unfortunately um, a little more cognizant of the fact that right now does not dictate uh, when we get to April. Sure, and that's that's the beauty of looking at something now. And I think you actually just made a pretty good case for it, where the Sixers are going to be better in two to three weeks and and this thing's going to up so think about it if you got in right now for the Sixers to win the whole thing at plus 1200 and they get better as you laid out that's going to drop to plus 800 to plus 750 there you go so people lose value on that right and of course I think we might even be a little bit higher if Joel Embiid wasn't out right now we would probably (laughs) be just a little bit higher we might be uh one up on the Rockets 
So when like the only thing, the caveat here is that the Sixers can't dig themselves into a deep hole with Joel Embiid out. We have to be able to maintain some type of balance until he gets back. And then when he gets back, game over. All I need for him to do is not be on the couch eating bonbons all day. I need him to be on a Peloton, bonbons. a bike, doing something to keep that cardio up so he's not so out of shape when he comes back. Are those still on the shelf? I feel like... Or do you have to Amazon listen, those? I feel like an old person always finds That's his such or her way to get some bonbons. Though. <laughs> That's such a our mom and, and dad reference, making that reference about their parents. Bonbons and this. Listen, listen, it paints a better picture. It does, though. It paints a better picture. I could see him on a couch just pounding bonbons. <laughs> All right, so uh, I've got two props here that uh, I'm dying to get your opinion on, and it has to do with Prince Harry and Meghan Uh-oh. being out right now. They, they quit. They basically said, we're done so let's look at the first one it's an easy one it's a yes or no one will her majesty queen elizabeth ii strip harry and Meghan of their royal titles this year in 2020 so yes is plus 250 no is minus 400 that's a pretty strong no four to one saying that it won't happen and i guess it'll just be okay that they could leave the family i'll i'll give you this i'm gonna go no on this okay however i caveat I don't think she would ever approve any of her family members ever again marrying marrying an American, mm. male or female. Precedent so, has been set. So I think precedent has been set. You know, she Meghan Markle moved her whole life over there. She's yep. probably sick and tired of everything. The media wants to see her the day after she had a baby. She's like, dude, can I chill and get my body together first? So I, I understand her wanting to kind of get out, if you will. Do you think that she had... But part of me... It's not about sympathy. It's just about a, a realistic situation here. How much do you think she actually came into this not knowing there would be paparazzi times a million? I mean, she was already in the public eye, yeah, right? Yeah, I think she knew it, but I think being into it is different than just thinking about it when you go in. So you go in like, oh, yeah, there's going to be paparazzi. But when you go there and get there, and it's like, it's not just paparazzi when my hair and my makeup right. is done. It's paparazzi when I'm rolling out of bed. I just want to go to the store really right. quickly. You can't go to the store. And then I can't go to the store. <laughs> right. I need to get someone else to go. And there's paparazzi standing outside the hospital when I just gave birth and my body doesn't feel right. And they're calling me some kind of a-hole because right. I don't want to talk to you guys the day after I gave birth. So I can say that okay, I think that fair. she knew about it, but until she really lived it, did she you like really realize like oh crap you go through it and it's like Like, yeah in it man that's that's a tough one right there so prince harry is going to be known for setting the precedent of no americans no No americans Americans. that's it that sounds like that sounds like the next antonio brown album (laughs) oh no no more americans (laughs) gummy themes (laughs) americans maybe (laughs) oh man all right speaking of which last one here on prince harry since now they're in the states and they've defected to the United States, there are odds on what his next job will be. So the odds-on favorite is actor-reality TV star. Next at plus 275 is Netflix producer-slash-writer. Any military job, plus 800. I don't know why he would join the military here. <laughs> Restaurant-tour is plus 1,000. So then it just gets wacky. Plus 1,000, you're, you're at 10 to 1. That pretty much tells you it's not going to happen. 8 to 1 as well. But... I guess I'm torn between, is he going to be in front of the camera? Because that's what they're basically telling you. Actor or TV star is in front of the camera versus Netflix producer, writer behind the camera. See, part of me thinks it's obvious, but wouldn't he be the guy? Wouldn't he be one of the people in front of the camera, like being a star of a show here? I think that's what you think. 
I think that's what you think. But the 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 what it says is actor or reality star. Correct. So I'm just I in my mind I went more to reality side, and I think that he grew up in a household and environment that yeah. was so private okay. that he's going to be like, "What are these cameras doing in my house mm. when I'm having an argument with my wife right now?" And I don't doubt he'd be the one to put a hand on the camera and say, "Get out of here!" And then it's going to go viral, and all of a sudden he's an abusive husband or right, something like right. that. So you so think he stays the hell away? I, I don't think he does that. I don't think he goes that route. <laughs> I could see him. Um, I'm torn between a Netflix producer and uh, a restaurant owner because, number one, why would he join the military here? Doesn't make sense. Although, I will say, there was this one meme of him sticking his finger up in someone's face, like, really intensely. And I was like, yo, okay, maybe he can be with Meghan Markle. Maybe he can be, like, this macho American guy, but he's not joining our military. I think writing is... I'm not sure. You have to really You'd love to write. You'd have to, to be a write. book, right? Yeah, Something yeah. like that, yeah. Yeah, and he probably just hire a ghostwriter. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So I'm going with Netflix producer because I could see him maybe being a creative type or a restaurant owner, a restaurant tour, because I believe that he can bring a different spin um, of the foods that he grew up loving here in America. That's actually, you know, as long of a shot as that is at plus a thousand that's not bad, especially you open up a place in New York. You could open up a place in L.A., Miami. Next thing you know, it's not bad. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Bring like some it. of that food that uh, Americans aren't really used to. And maybe he it misses so much. Bring that to the States. Meghan Markle and him own a restaurant together. I'm going. Yeah, it's just like that car commercial, right? right. Where the two of them in the car and they feel like, right, we're out of this life. We're out of the royal family. We're going to open up a restaurant. I'm like, I'm going to that. So I, I'm not, right. nothing in front of the TV. I love it. Mm-hmm. All right. So there it is. Let's get rich. We just gave you a bunch from Brett Brown to Meghan Merkel. Merkel or Markle? I say Markle, but okay. again, I might have a Philly accent. So that's fine. We'll blame it on our dialect. <laughs> Prince Harry and Meghan uh, to new jobs and new careers. That's what you get. Everything all-encompassing here from sports to pop culture and beyond. At Crystal Rich on Twitter. At Shander Show for me. It's Fox Sports Radio The Gambler presented by Curato.